0: see if it's working. All right. Too much stuff. Uh, um, bear with me today. I um, woke up the other day with a little bit of a cough, which I'm attributing to some sanding that I've been doing. And then uh, also my lower back started to lock up from, and I'm assuming that's from the sanding too, so um, I'll uh, Thanks, thanks. Excuse me, but I am excited to um, look into uh, Zephaniah if you want to. Uh, Turn to Zephaniah 3, we're going to look at verses 14 through 20 uh, today and and see what God has for us. Uh, For all of you people that have wished for snow and cold, uh, the rest of us wish that you would stop wishing for that for a little while. Uh, I guess it's supposed to warm up for a couple of days and then go back into the deep freeze. I was reading in the news that it was colder in New England and some of the Midwest than it is on Mars. So no need to keep praying for the cold. Normally I'm excited about uh, winter, and I have realized this year for the first time, as I was shoveling the first of our freshly fallen snow, that I'm not up for it this year, so I'm I'm hoping that changes. Uh, Hopefully you've uh, turned to Zephaniah 3, I'll read uh, verses 14 through 20. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He has cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. Whoops. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name, and a praise among all the people of the earth, when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. And uh, let's pray before we get started. Father, we thank you today for this body of believers. Father, we thank you for your word that has given us truth and right in our lives. Father, we pray as we look into your word that you would work in our hearts and in our minds, that you would give us clarity and wisdom and understanding. And Father, as Logan prayed, that it would change us, um, that we would be made more in your image and that we would be a light in this community that would draw others to you. Father, thank you again for this time that we have. I am not worthy to stand here and read your word but for what Jesus has done on the cross. And it's in his name that we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This message today is kind of, it's interesting for me as I, uh, Jamie asked me three or four weeks ago probably, and uh, I had no, I didn't have anything first and foremost on my heart, and I was thinking through it. And I happened to hear a song that I really like, and it reminded me of a verse that that goes with it, the reason the artist had sang the song. And so I started studying, and as, as I've gone through my study, as I've written out the message and typed my notes and thought and prayed on it, uh, I keep changing parts of it. Uh, because it becomes more real the longer you dwell on a scripture, the deeper you can get into it. And uh, so part of me wants to throw my notes over my shoulder, and the other part knows that I'm going to need them and have to read them at different parts. So um, bear with me. Some of this I am going to kind of go off off track here, because I have had different things uh, laid on my heart and my mind as I've, as I've thought about it. Um, and Jamie offered that I could keep preaching through Titus, uh, if you're familiar with Titus, the next section we're looking at is Titus three uh, nine through eleven and I was like, man, that is not a new year's Eve message i'm going to preach i'll let you do that one jamie you're the you're the shepherd here. you have fun with that one So I was thinking uh, of encouragement and and when I heard the song, uh it fit and so uh, we're going we're to look at this passage in Zephaniah, but we're really going to zero in on one verse. Uh, we've, we've celebrated Christmas. We're facing the new year. Uh, a lot of us are spending some time in reflection. And as a body, we've faced different things through this year. There's been uh, good and bad. We've seen births just in this body, and certainly our family has had... Um, some births, and, uh, and there's been some death. Uh, I went to two funerals for this year for some older ladies that I loved and respected. Um, even in their, their time of transitioning to the Lord, it was encouraging for me to go. So we see that uh, year in and year out. It actually becomes kind of mind-numbing uh, as you think about it, the way that time flows. We've had times of struggle and testing. Some of us have done well, and some of us have failed. Some of us have had a great year, let's face it. Uh, God has blessed us, and we're excited for what's to come. And then there's the people who just kind of seem to go on through the year, uh, let the time numb them, and and they're not excited really one way or the other. So today we're going to try to hit all these groups, those that are in times of struggle, those that are in uh, times of blessing and and those folks, we'll see if we can get them excited that are just uh, letting time go by. Very quickly for the history buffs in the room, I'll set the stage for Zephaniah, Uh, then we're going to move and we're going to break down verse 17. So Zephaniah was written sometime between 641 and 612 B.C. Uh, this was the time that Judah, it's written to Judah, was coming out of the dark reign of Manasseh and Amon and into the reign of Josiah. So we probably know more about Josiah than any of those other people. Um, he was a good king. Josiah, that's probably why you were named that.
1: <laughs>
0: <coughs> Hoping. The high altars that Hezekiah had torn down had been rebuilt. Uh, worship of the heavenly bodies, nothing specific was common, Uh, child sacrifice was allowed, not only allowed, but encouraged. Manasseh had even gone to the extent of sacrificing two of his own sons. Zephaniah was the first prophet to Judah in 60 years, following Isaiah, and prophesied at roughly the same time as Jeremiah. Uh, The interesting thing about Zephaniah was he, unlike many of the other prophets, could track back four generations of royal lineage. And he probably was allowed to have the ear of King Josiah due to this. Uh, That would be uncommon. His time speaking to the people would have been early on in Josiah's reign prior to the much-needed reforms that Josiah brought. So things were still dark, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Overall, Zephaniah was written to proclaim the day of the Lord. Short term, looking at the fall of the Assyrian Empire, and long term to when God would come to redeem his people for good. It speaks out very clearly in the beginning against sin. Then it encourages repentance. There's a stern warning of coming judgment in the first two chapters. And then we get into chapter 3, where I started reading in verse 14, and we change. It's a words of encouragement and comfort. It's pointing towards Christ and ultimately towards one who will be fully redeemed and spending eternity with God. Uh, this passage is one that is can be tricky depending on um, interpretation and translation. So we're going to take what we can get out of it as the New Testament church body, and we're kind of going to leave all those disagreements behind and not deal with them today. <laughs> Uh, So Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord thy God, in the midst of thee, is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. So let's break it down. We'll make a couple observations, and then at the end, uh, we'll make some applications that we all can use. The first sentence, The Lord thy God, in the midst of thee, is mighty. We just went through Christmas. And we have sang the Christmas carols, we've read some Christmas passages, and this first part of the verse should be very near to us right now. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Matthew one twenty three backs that up. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Um, If we're believers, we know we have the Holy Spirit. Uh, The second part of this sentence is that God is a mighty God. And I want to focus in on this for a second. I'm going to focus in on... uh, Mostly God showing his might through creation. I think it's good for us to dwell on it. It's one of the places where we can see that God is a mighty God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1 goes on. Multiple times with the phrase, then God said, and it was so. If we're talking about God as a mighty God, there's not much more of a mighty, of a, of a proof of a mighty God than having a God that can speak creation into existence. One of the passages that I go to, um, I guess it's not really self-flogging, but it, it shows God's might. And it reminds me of who I am, um, and, I, and I think it's valuable to read through, is looking at Job chapter 38 and 39. Um, if you want, you can turn there. I'm going to read a, a larger section of Job 38. It's a little bit of a longer passage. Uh, the proof that God is mighty is important to this passage that we're looking at in Zephaniah 3, and we'll talk about that more in just a second, but we need to set the stage for uh, God and His might. So as I read, if you can just dwell on this, I'm going to read from the New King James, so if you have a King James Bible, it might be a little bit different. I just like the flow a little bit better. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel? By words without knowledge, now prepare yourself like a man, I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstones when the morning stars sang together? And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and the thick darkness its swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars on the doors, when I said, This far you may come, but no further, and here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked shall be shaken out of it? It takes on form like clay under a seal and stands out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld and the upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all of this. I think I'll stop reading there. God continues to question Job further on when we start for, uh, chapter 40. It says, moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. The answer to all these questions, of course, is that Job could not answer that he had done any of those things. It was all God. God set the limit to the stars. He set the limit to the land. He set the limit to the ocean. Uh, Not only did he create this, but he set the boundaries in which all of that we see in creation exists. Truly a mighty God. And that's just the beginning. We could go on and on, Um, but I wanted to, to bring us there. Something to dwell on. The verse goes on, uh, he will save, and we know that he has saved us. Logan read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 for us. It clearly lays out the gospel message. We see where we were. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Paul lays us open for what we are without God, and then he gives us this hope. But God. Following down to verse 19 in Ephesians. That's another favorite verse of mine. It says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So not only have we been saved, but by that salvation we've been brought into God's family. Our mighty God, who is with us, will save us. And then it says, He will rejoice over thee with joy. Uh, Rejoicing by definition, is to show great joy or jubilation. The verb rejoice is to feel or show great joy or delight. John Piper encapsulates this part of the verse this way, the pleasure of God and the good of his people. So God is rejoicing over us, but he's rejoicing over the good, of, the good that we've done. Luke 15:7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. But now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. So the picture here in Zephaniah of rejoicing is over God rejoicing in our salvation, over our good. The uh, overall picture, when you look at it in context, is that of a bridegroom rejoicing over his bride. Maybe that will make it a little bit more relatable for us. Um, Some of us are not as prone to rejoicing as others, so hopefully that picture of of the bride and bridegroom will help. Uh, I'm going to talk about the why God rejoices over us in just a second, because I, I, the, the verse has God rejoicing over us, and then rejoicing over us with singing. But in the middle, it says, He will rest in His love. Um, and I had to do some reading on this point. There's different translations that handle it a little different, but I was confused. So I'm going to read to you. From uh, the commentary by Gill, I think for me, it clarified why this is in here the best. It says, he will rest in his love, or continue in his love, without any variation or change. Nothing shall separate from it. It shall always remain the same. He will take up his contentment and satisfaction in it. He will solace himself with it. It will be a pleasing thing to him to love his people and to show it to them. He will take the utmost complacency and delight in expressing his love by words and deeds unto them. Or some people render it. He will be silent because of his love and not upbraid them with their sins or reprove, correct, and chastise them in his hot displeasure or say one word in any way of vindictive wrath and he will make all others silent, every enemy or whatever is contrary to them. Such is his great love to them. He will forgive their iniquities and cover their sins. And in love to them, cast them behind his back. That is pretty amazing. All summed up in that statement. He will rest in his love. Lastly, he will joy over thee with singing. Uh, Personally, for me, this is the hardest one to understand. Uh, if anybody knows me, you know I'm a pretty kind of a check-the-box kind of a guy. I um, understand I'm not overly emotional, overly rejoicing. Um, I get the God of the Old Testament, the vindictiveness, the consequences. Um, I've worked through and I can understand the God of salvation, uh, that we are sinners, that there is a cost that needed to be paid. I get that sin is bad and God has uh, given us Jesus. But when it goes past those blessings, sometimes it gets a little bit harder for me. And to think on this idea of God singing over us is is hard. The New Living Translation says he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The ESV translated, translates it that he will exult over you with loud singing. So this isn't a quiet humming. It's not some slow song. This is an explosion of song out of joy over us. And so earlier I said that we would discuss why the rejoicing. And I think it's important. Uh, it's important to this verse. God, a holy God, singing over us is is probably foreign to your thinking as well as mine. And uh, anybody who knows knows our family knows that we like music. There's generally some type of music going on in the background. Levi will yell at Alexa constantly to play whatever he wants. That was the worst invention we ever bought.
1: <laughs> um,
0: we will listen to music commonly on Sunday mornings as a, a way to prepare for worship. Uh, many nights, rather than turning on the TV, we will uh, listen to music. When we're cleaning the house, we listen to music. And, uh, and it's all over the place. I'm not going to say it's always Christian music. In fact, um, sometimes if I get my way, we'll listen to some old Willie Nelson or the Highwaymen, and the kids will get really mad and go to their room. <laughs> all that to say, music is a big part of our family uh, life. And... And the other part of the music is that I can't sing. I love music, but I can't sing. And Kate likes to remind me that I can't even hum on tune. So uh, this whole thing is, is hard to grasp. So uh, the Almighty God, not just singing, but singing over us, um, singing with joy and an explosion of song. And I think if we look at Scripture as a whole, we'll find our answer as to why this would happen. Uh, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman. created the sky and we've read through that. And through all of that we pick up in scripture that God desired a relationship with us and sin ruined that relationship. And God created a way that that relationship could get restored. Through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, we find that we can have a restored relationship with God. We'll have eternal life with Him. And His joy is so great at our having a restored relationship with Him that, and having eternity promised with Him that ultimately He will sing loudly over us. And I find that to be amazing to dwell on, a very rich promise that God, a holy God, wanted a relationship with us to the point where he sent his only son for us and that because he can have that relationship restored, he will sing over us. But I do want to be clear. I read a lot of things as I was studying through this passage and a bunch of fluff. God's not rejoicing at our sin. The singing is not because of the way we are or we just are who we are and that's fine God is singing over us in light of eternity in light of his son Jesus Christ the price the cost of our sin was so great that only the blood of his son could fully pay for it God will rejoice and sing over us only when we're seen in Christ and in light of eternity with him so friend if you're here and you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we would invite you to admit that you're a sinner who needs a Savior and have a restored relationship with our great and mighty God. And the promise is that he will sing over you as well. So this leaves us with, what do we do with it? Uh, My favorite question as we read through scripture, um, what's it going to do? As we look into the new year, what can we take out of this passage that's going to change us, encourage us, comfort us? And so I had a a couple of thoughts, and I'll share them with you. 2017 for the Callahan family started off on a... I originally wrote a low note, but I don't want to say a low note. It it started out on a challenging note. And uh, we were in a really hard situation. We were... We were crying out to God often, and often in tears. We had, um, I think we felt like we didn't have any understanding, we didn't have any answers. We knew God was calling us to something, but we were um, definitely, I guess low is a good word. At times it was very raw, I can tell you that. And even now it's hard to think back um, on the feelings and where we were at at that point in time, but God... God was good, and he brought us through it. He didn't give us all the answers. He didn't make it easy, but he taught us how to lean on him for what we needed to get us through each day. 2018, starting off as we look forward, our family, um, a whole new set of challenges that's completely different than the way that we started off 2017. But we still have decisions that we have to make, and nonetheless, it will be difficult But the answer is the same. The God that we serve is the same. And I say all that because I think in this room you can all look back and think on where you were at the beginning of the year and then look forward at where you'll be. First and foremost, as we look at this passage, true comfort and encouragement are only found in God through salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's clear. Our focus must be on Christ and our identity must be found in Him. Our mighty God has saved us and taken our sin on himself so that we bear it no more. The verse in Zephaniah builds on itself, but it starts with the important fact that we have a mighty God who saves. The creator God of Genesis, the God of Job, who questioned Job, the God who's mighty enough to save us, is here with us. Also very important. He's here today with us. We were praying in the back room And one of the men that prayed um, acknowledged that God is with us in that room. As we're huddled up and we're praying, he's right there with us. And in my mind, I had this um, funny picture that came in of a sports team huddling, and everybody's got their arms around us, and one one of the members is God. He's there. He's here with us. He's here in this room. And it's important we need to remember that. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And what we can draw out of this verse is that God is not just an uninterested deity that created us and then left. In fact, if we go on in Scripture, 1 John 2.1 says, My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So Jesus is interceding for us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So this Jesus is not only advocating for us, but he understands where we're at. Laying aside all of his glory and everything that was due to him, he came and lived as a man. He died. He absorbed all of the wrath that we deserved. He experienced his father turning his back on him, ultimately for our good. But what we learn is that Jesus can relate to exactly where we are, to all the pain, all the sorrow, all the brokenness. So wherever you're at, broken relationships with your spouse or your kids, troubles with friends or coworkers, if you're facing money issues, if you're facing frustration with dealing with sin, with anger, with pride, wherever you are, the mighty God, the creator God, is here with you. And he cares for you and loves you. You can take comfort in that today. And finally, we can be encouraged. Uh, We can be encouraged that because we are so loved, God is resting in his love, that he'll sing over us. And we are free, because of that, to love others. So the challenge for us is... What will we do with that? If we're free to love other people, we're free to good works. We've been learning in Titus about good works. Jamie's been talking about good works. Um, It's been a major focus here lately. So if we have a mighty God, a creator God, who is loving us and saved us and singing over us, we are free to do these good works. So what better resolution to have this year than to look for opportunities to do good works? Think about what you can do here in the body, in your family, in the community that you live in, to show the love of Christ to others. As you consider your resolutions, resolve to do good works out of love and service to God. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It won't be easy. And God won't give you all the answers. But He will be with you. We are loved and secure in God, our mighty God. Hebrews chapter 12. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. As we sit here as a church body, I hope that you can look at this verse in Zephaniah, look at these other passages of scripture that we've read, and find a focus on Christ, your identity in Christ, and your comfort and encouragement in Christ as we go into the new year. Um, we are going to, I know I'm wrapping up a little bit early here, but, um, I'm going to have you all stand with your bulletin, please. Thank you. Yeah. And if we can, um, make a circle around the, the room here on the edge. And hopefully this will help my working. Can you guys still all hear me? Okay. So if we could all, we're all going to just stand in a circle. I'm going to ask um, Paul and Jason if they would um, just pray for the church body as we go uh, into the new year. And then I will um, pray when, when Paul and Jason are done. And then uh, Nick's going to us in our last song um, for the day. So, Paul, please. Good
1: morning, Father God. Lord, we look you for our guidance, for our love, for our softening of our hearts as we stand here as a, as a body of Christ. And each one of us has a function and the ability that you have given us, Lord. And we thank you for that. And Lord, may we take these <clears throat> and use them uh, for the furtherance of your word and your love in this world. The furtherance of the brotherhood that stands here in this assembly. The furtherance of the brotherhood in this community and beyond, Lord. Thank you so much for the responsibility that you give us for that. For the ability that you give us to do it. And Lord, for the softening of our hearts and your love that makes it all possible to you. Without you, Lord God, we are nothing. We thank you so much for being in us and with us and in your Son's name. Amen.
2: Father, we just thank you this morning for the uh, reminder of the foundation for why we're even here and gathered this morning. The very foundation of our faith who is Jesus, who. Uh, Laid aside, Father, his glory. He came down to be one of us um, so that he could suffer and die on our behalf. Father, um, as Josh was saying, that brings so much freedom as we humble ourselves before you, recognizing our need um, and recognizing, Father, your heart toward us through all of that uh, frees us, Father, to to uh, be joyful Father, to share that with others it frees us, Father when we fail to know your heart toward us and it frees us, Lord, to rejoice in that hope that we have um, that one day we'll be rejoined to you and things will be put right, Father despite the the suffering and the trials uh, and the falls that we experienced here below Lord, may South Hope Community Church uh, be a place where um, your name is lifted high, where the truths of your word are lived out in our very lives, where we are free to come when we need a restoration, where we're free to come when we don't have the answers, um, Father, may may the body here work together as you've gifted each one of us to encourage and build one another up. Father, we're not here because um, you want us to have a good life here. All of that comes part of knowing you, um, the joy of knowing you. We're here, Father, to point others toward you. We're here to lift up your name for your kingdom. And Father, may the year of 2018 Um, be a year that that is done and that others know who you are and what you're like because of um, how we live I pray that you would uh, bless our pastor as he's journeying and as he's resting um, to bring him back to us bless his family father for the hard work that they've done throughout this past year uh, bless all those that have served as greeters, um, as deacons, as other servants. Uh, there's just so much taking place for this past year. We just pray your blessing on the next year. Um, may we be fruitful uh, vessels for your service in this coming year. And we thank you, Lord, because of Jesus and who he is, what, what you've done on our behalf. In his name we pray. Amen.
0: Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who calls you as faithful, who also will do it. Father, thank you for everything that you've done, and for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.